Hello and welcome back to Walk the Cinema podcast, where we walk the cinema so we can talk the cinema. Today's episode, we bring you Cinema Perdizo. But first, a brief word from our sponsor. So this was one of the picks that you have been wanting to watch, so why don't you give us a little scenario of what happened? Yeah, I've been the one that wanted to watch this because I really like Italian cinema from all decades. And this one has been eluding me, but we got around to it. And it's a story that's kind of told in a flashback of a filmmaker that's remembering his childhood and teenage years back in his hometown where he learned how to be a projectionist and also learn how to love film. And since we love film, what a more perfect movie to talk about. Yeah, and this film is very reminiscent of another film that we've already taken a look at, uh, Hugo. Yeah, you can find that episode on the platform you're listening to us on. Yeah, and and unlike Hugo, it's not necessarily a love letter to, to filmmaking, which I feel like Hugo is. Mm. This is more of a love letter to about watching films and like consuming being in a theater. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like the the main love of the movie is being in a theater, movie theater, classic movie theater where people gather to watch the movie, which in some way, yes, we have movie theaters and people go to watch the latest Disney movie and stuff like that. But back then it was a daily thing to watch whatever movie they were showing. Yeah. They would, you know, wait. that's what you had. They would wait in line and, and wait for the newest part of a series or, you know, and there was no guarantee that you'd even be able to watch the movie that you were in line for because they had to, to, to cart the, the film back and forth between different, movie theaters across the region. So sometimes you were just out of yeah, luck. And sometimes it's so packed you couldn't even get in. Exactly. Yeah, the, the main resemblance to Hugo is that the main characters in Hugo is young all the way throughout. And this is young for, you know, most of the beginning parts where you feel the movie magic getting in. Yeah. And... From what I understood, the director drew a lot of influence from his own childhood, and I think that beautiful neighborhood that he shot in was the one he was born in and grew up in. So there's a lot of personality touches to this from the director. Yeah, it is very much, it seems very personal all the way through. Like, it seems like this director grew up in a small Italian town growing up loving films, loving watching films, and, you know, eventually did become a filmmaker. So it's it's kind of nice. It, it brings a level of nostalgia that even though I've never experienced any of the things that happened in Cinema Perdizo, it still felt like I, I, I was feeling nostalgic for a time I've never experienced. Yeah. It, it did feel like... It felt, it felt so nice and magic to be in his shoes, even though it was hard. And, like, his mother didn't want him to be doing it. And you know, Alfredo, which is his father, 
figure, which is the reason that he's having these flashbacks and these remembrances of the childhood is because Alfredo passed away in present time. Yeah. And Alfredo was was kind of pushing him away from it because, you know, it's not a glorious type of job. It is very hard to be a projectionist. But he kind of also, at the same time, was his mentor for most of it. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like Alfredo's the whole reason that Toto has any sort of passion for this, you know? Like, he he always had a curiosity when he, he was a child about the projectionist and... and and movies and things because he would he would sit and watch um the uncut movies yeah, part of it was also was also the the priest not allowing him to watch the movies because it was the altar boy and the priest didn't want him in i think part of that not letting him in was what drove him to want to be in kids don't like to be told no exactly and and so going like being able to see the movie before it's being cut and then being fascinated with the person that is doing the physical labor of, of cutting the films. And we're talking about cutting the film. Some people might not know where, what we're really referring to, but in the fifties in Italy, everything was heavily censored. Yes. So if there was any groping, kissing nudity, obviously, or anything of the sorts, it'd be cut out of the film by hand. And that's, that cutting by hand and leaving the film in in pieces is what caused us to see a small version of Salvatore almost burning his sister because he left the film at home and it's highly inflammable. And then that's what causes Alfredo to be in a massive fire, which destroys Cinema Paradiso. And then we get the new Cinema Paradiso, which comes to the Italian title of it. The Italian title is the new Cinema Paradiso, but the international title is just Cinema Paradiso, which I think is a better title. It fits the overall movie yeah, more. Yeah, and just in terms of um, storytelling with with that whole arc of, of the film being flammable, to you and me, we both know that old film was highly flammable. And yeah. as I was watching the movie, he's, uh, Alfredo did tell Toto that the film would catch fire if he wasn't careful, mm-hmm. but um, Toto didn't believe him, which. Yeah, it's you true. Know, you, he didn't you, believe a lot of the things that. Yeah, exactly. told him. Exactly. So he goes home to look at the films and he's holding it up against the fire. And I was sitting there watching like, Oh my goodness, what is this kid doing? He's literally going to catch the house on fire. And you know, he didn't. it's cause he didn't, he didn't think but he almost that, caught a sister on fire. Yeah, exactly. He almost caught a sister on fire. Yeah. Cause he kept, he kept his pile of stolen film reels or film pieces. He kept it near, Oh, what was it? He kept it near something hot underneath his bed. I think. And it caught fire and almost killed mm. his sister. That's that's the little, you know, showing you what could happen with film in a small amount. And then later on, we get a room full of reels with 100 times more inflammatory film in it that catches on fire. Yes. And it, and and it almost kills Alfredo yes. and ruins the theater. Yes. But, and it does leave Alfredo and blind. And that's how Toto becomes... He leaves Alfredo blind, which... 
is the worst thing that could happen to a cinema lover, but he does mention that becoming blind makes him see in a new way. Yeah. And he become more he become more wise and he it helped Toto grow up with his wisdom because Toto didn't have a father. And I really enjoyed um that shot in particular um where we see a, a very a, like a child version of Toto um become the new projectionist for the new theater and the new mm, as he t- as as Salvatore touches yeah, his face yeah Salvatore touches yes and he touches his face Alfredo's face when he comes to visit him Alfredo is blind now at this point and then it cuts back to Toto and he's now like a young adult like a teenager like he's grown up yeah he's he's become more mature he's a teenager that starts Starts trying to make his own movies and falling in love with a girl at a school. Yes. And the girl is not super into him in the beginning, and, and that's how we get the, the soldier story. Yes, that's probably one of my favorite parts of, of the movie was when Alfredo was telling a young adult, Salvatore, Salvatore uh, the, the, the story of the soldier and the princess and how the soldier... Stood outside the princesses. We were just sitting there staring at the screen for the five minutes he went on. We didn't move or say anything. We were just listening to the story as if we were Toto because he was so fascinating. Yeah, it was a really... I was completely entranced by it. Yeah, we were both entranced by it because it's a really... It's a really... I don't know if the story is necessarily interesting in in a in a traditional sense of the way, but the way that Alfredo was telling the story, it was, it was very captivating. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't not listen to him there. And then he kind of matches into Toto's life where he does want this young girl at school and he waits for her. And then he gives up on waiting for her because it's not meant to be. Yeah. But then she comes around. And then she's the one that has to follow him. She's the one that has to go to him. And they start this romance that doesn't last incredibly long. Which I did. It doesn't. We don't get like a full closure with that. Like she co her father doesn't approve of the relationship. So, you know, he's not able to. Yeah, he moves her out. Keep in contact with her when he's in the military. And, you know. Yeah, it kind of just doesn't, doesn't work, work out. out. The dad puts her in a college in a different city. He has to he has to serve his military duty. Yeah, it's just. And then when he comes back to the town, there's just nothing. Yeah, for him. and it's 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 from what I've read because I did do some some looking into this movie afterwards. There's the extended cut, which I think does have more scenes with Elena and even some. Um, yeah, with an older Elena, where they like meet up again. It it still doesn't work out between them, but mm-hmm. they get I think some type of of closure that they really didn't get when they were young, you know. Yeah, he, he, towards the end, he does like rewatch the videos or the films he shot of her, and he is reminiscing her. And I can see how you'd cut in at some point her returning, but our cut didn't have right. that. And, I, you know, I'm okay with, with how things were left, you know. Sometimes 
You don't, you... Yeah, I still absolutely loved everything about it, even though I see a lot of its flaws. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, I don't know if you would call them landscaping shots, but just shots of the town that were gorgeous. extremely beautiful in every sense of the word. But yeah, the t- the these Italian movies when they do these wide shots of the towns, they just look great. They had a wide shot of those red things that the women were touching. I don't really know what they were, but it still looked amazing. Yeah. And then we get the 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 town fool. I don't know the shenanigans that he thinks he owns the square. Yeah. He's like the homeless man, and he messes with that, and yeah, he kind of ruins that shot at the <laughs> end of it. But yeah, there's a lot of great shots. There's a lot of great music, especially in the final scene, which we'll talk about a little bit more towards the end, just to close this yeah, episode. But then also, some of the flaws that, that I saw, you you mentioned kind of earlier on in the film when we were watching it together, how dramatic a lot of the cuts were. In the beginning, the cuts were more dramatic. They... It, I don't know, the storm, he used the, the cut storm in two different occasions where he just lays and there's a close-up of his face and it starts storming. Yeah. And then he cuts to the movie and the, the, at the beginning it feels dramatic, but then at the end he uses that as a teenage Salvatore is laying by the river and he wishes that if it was a movie, it would just start a storm and, and then it would cut. Yeah. Yeah, So he, it kind of wraps around to that scene. So a lot of, there's a lot of payoff in the movie. There is a lot of payoff. Like, for example, we'll kind of move on kind of towards the end. At at the beginning, um, when a young Toto asks Alfredo for the cut pieces of of film that Alfredo is just kind of saving because he couldn't find the place where they belonged in the reel, he asked if he could keep it. And Alfredo says, you can have them, but you can never come back here and I'll keep them. For safekeeping. I'll keep them for you. And it's kind of at the end, you know, he, when Alfredo dies, um, an old Toto is given this film reel and he doesn't know what it is, but when he looks at it, it's, it's all the pieces of the cut film that he, yeah, they're stitched together. They're all stitched together. And it's kind of like, yeah, he never returned after 30 years and Alfredo still kept it and he kept his promise. If he never returned, he, he'd keep them for him. And it starts playing that gorgeous song. Yes, that song is an amazing pretty. score that starts playing. And and I, I just, that ending was so amazing. It's one of my favorite endings of all time. The whole movie throughout is magical, but that ending really, really hits it home with just how it wraps it up in a way that I, w- I didn't predict. Yeah. Where we should see a compilation of the cutscenes that were like super important throughout the movie that they had to cut these scenes out and they were not allowed to watch Kissing or anything. So the first time they did, when Salvatore didn't cut it out and let them watch the kissing scenes, the people went crazy Yeah. in the theater. And now he's just watching the compilations of everything that his mentor cut out. And yeah, it's pretty incredible and it's pretty emotional. Yeah, and it's just a montage of all these these kissing scenes from some of them are like more famous and recognizable than others and 
know. Yeah, there's some Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. And there's some probably some Italian movies. I think it, it must have been a lot of fun for the director to pick the movies that he was going to show in his own movie. Yeah, because we get things like stage. Because he showed hundreds of films, kind of. Yeah, we... yeah, we get to see a trailer for Stagecoach. So then another great film, John Wayne. We get to see a lot of these little posters that Alfredo has in the projection room of Casablanca and just just coolness, goodness all around. Yeah, it's a very special movie, I would say. It's 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 something that I would think it was as fun to make as it was for us to watch. I'm sure. And I also just another side note, there's like so many different little I don't know if you'd call them Easter eggs, but just little like snippets of things that kind of carry throughout the film, like the couple that meet at the old, mm. the cinema Prodizo that hadn't burned down. They meet across the way and they see each other and you see their progression, like from starting to date to getting married to having a kid and then to being old together at Alfredo's funeral, which is like not. Yeah, we, we... It's not a big part of the film, but yeah, it's, not. it's just nice to it's see. It's the story, but it is like, it is part of us watching the town grow as well as Salvatore. Because we also go from a very small town with a huge empty square with a one movie theater to something that has actual buildings and roads and cars. Yeah. So the town also grows, Salvatore grows. Yeah, and... Um... There's something very like heartbreaking to me about the owner of the new Cinema Prodizo starting to cry as it gets blown up because it was condemned, you know, it, it got closed down, people weren't coming, yeah. you know. That was part of the director wanting to make a movie about how movie theaters were going to die. And... Okay, we still have movie theaters 40 years after. But in a way, is correct about the way we go to movie theaters changed immensely. Right. We're not going every day. We're not waiting in lines for the a movie that we don't really know what it is. We just kind of want to watch something. We want to have fun in, a, in our neighborhood. We want to entertain ourselves and didn't have anything else because there was no television. There was just the movies. That's what you had to do at night. You, yeah. you just went to watch whatever movie the theater managed to grab. And it was a different way of watching movies. I don't know if it was better, if it was worse. Some people like to have a lot to pick from. Like on Netflix or any streaming service, you get a lot of choice. Back then, you didn't. I don't know if it's better or worse, but it is different. So I guess it's at least changed, if not it's, ended. It's changed, but I don't know necessarily if it's ended. Sure, we don't have like the big community gathering at the theaters that we used to. But I mean, I think there's always going to be people that enjoy going to theaters there's always going to be i think an opportunity to go to theaters i think there's a lot of entities actively preventing the downfall and disappearance of theaters yeah 
we we don't want theaters to go. We go to theaters to watch just whatever is on sometimes. Just watch a uh, cucumber batch movie. Yeah. I don't even remember a courier. We watched the courier because it was the only thing that it was on that we hadn't watched. Yeah. This is the whatever movie. So it's yeah. still fun to just go. It's a whatever movie, but it's a fun activity. It is. Going to the theaters is I can great. watch in a whatever movie at home. I can watch whatever movies at home or good movies or bad movies, but it's not the same. I also like to watch movies at home, but I like to go into the theaters and just watch whatever's on. It never loses its fun and novelty. I agree. But I guess to kind of wrap this up, why don't you tell us your rating? Yeah, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It immediately became one of my favorite movies, and I can't wait to watch it again. That's all. <laughs> I gave it a 9 out of 10. I, you know, it, I thought it was beautiful. It was, you know, made me feel, I love feeling nostalgic, even if I don't know what I'm feeling nostalgic for necessarily. But I don't know if I can say it's one of my favorite movies of all time. You know what I mean? Not yet, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I it, not everyone has to like the same things. And uh, it is a little soapy. It is a little overdramatic at points, but I think the payoffs are amazing. And the ending is one of the best endings you could ever hope for. So with that said, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, comment, rate us. And we'll see you next time.